Welcome to Life to the Full, a message to Christians. This is a podcast about the abundant life that God promises in Scripture. We want to inspire those who are frustrated with themselves and their communities to live a transformed life that will impact the world. Our primary purpose is to be a platform that will impact the world through conversation. We want to invite others to connect and unite in curiosity, vulnerability, and responsibility. A transformed life is about growth, learning, and evolving. A transformed life leads to transformed communities, and transformed communities impact the world. One conversation at a time. Welcome to Life to the Full, your host, Patty Zito. And the one and only, James Zito. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yep. That's me. It's me. (laughs) Happy New Year. I hope you guys had a wonderful uh, ritual. We we follow Uh, a ritual that we did in 2018. A wonderful 2020. Happy New Year, I guess. Right? New Year's Eve, the first moments, the first seconds. Yeah. When the ball drops, we were here in New York. (laughs) Like all true New Yorkers, we never venture to Times Square, whether pre-pandemic or post-pandemic, because ain't no one got time for that. And what did we do, honey? You want to tell them? Um, we did a, I don't know if we'd call it a tradition. We've done it a few times. Yeah. Since we've been married. Yeah. Um, but it is an ancient Peruvian tradition. I don't know. It's a Latino. From the jungles it's, of Peru. No, honey. It's not Peruvian. It's a, it's a Latino thing. Oh, it's a Latino thing. Yeah. Okay. So it is a tradition that I believe you got from your mother, mm-hmm. uh, and that tradition is to pack one suitcase full of things you want to manifest in the year, mm-hmm. traveling, whatever it is, books you want to read, things you want to accomplish, and then as soon as it turns 12.01 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. when it's an official new year... Mm-hmm. You throw open the door, yep. and you scream like a bunch of maniacs, yep. and you run off your suitcase around the corner, and you scream, Happy New Year, Happy New Year. Well, Kayla, our friend, uh, helped us to to be intentional and actually called each goal out as an affirmation. Nice. So she was saying, I will travel, blah, blah, blah. And so it was a lot of fun. You guys, uh, I know I told um, our kids and for the online program that I teach to try it out for next year and I'm pretty sure one of them is going to do it because yeah. she takes every challenge and she does it oh wow it's amazing she's like a mini me <laughs> have you seen any of their faces yet no oh my goodness. goodness so you know who you are if you ever find this podcast are you allowed to just tell them turn on your cameras uh no there should be zero pressure Oh my God. <laughs> to do that. I know. But yes. anyway, what is in for this season of embracing the journey of a transformed life? Whoa, that sounds like an ambitious title. <laughs> a little intimidated there by uh, me from, a, from a, what is it now, nine months ago? <laughs> Who well, first uh, well, we wrote were that? scheming, it must have been like March. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. March 2020, right after the pandemic. So I kind of feel at this point of the story, if you've been with us since the beginning, and I know this is just year one, we're, we've been very intentional about our full year, uh, first year with everything that we're doing here. 
Um, and if you've, you've been coming with us so far, uh, now is the time to kind of start looking forward. Looking into the future. <laughs> and what we've come to see, and uh, I feel like this is, this is true for your own life as well, that there are so many great resources out there nowadays, like the BEMA podcast or the Bible Project podcast, that, you know, it, it's kind of opened up the door to looking at the Bible as something or experiencing it in a way that you've never experienced it before. Yeah. And once you kind of go there, it's hard to ever, like, go back. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't kind of go there. I actually went all the way. You you went. So, yeah, there are people in life who, like, <laughs> dip their toes in things and try things out. And then there's there's my wife. I remember one time uh, you had a desire to dance again. <laughs> uh, if, we were going out, right? We were it, just boyfriend and girlfriend. We were just boyfriend and girlfriend. And... All of, all of the kids used to call you to cha-cha because you were the best dancer with the best reputation. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shout out, Grease. Shout out, Grease. But we flipped the script there a little bit. Uh, and I remember, like, I didn't realize that you wanted to just dance again because mm-hmm. you kept on talking about this dance school you were going to open. And <laughs> no, you, you had studio. I don't know about a school. You had, I'm not teaching any of that. You had a logo. You were going to hire staff. <laughs> you were going to make pens. Out of, like, feet or something like that. I don't know how you're going to do it. Um, but And I was like, wait, why don't you just take a dance class? <laughs> and it, like, blew your mind. Because you're like, oh, yeah, I just want to well, dance. I had checked the dance schools in Staten Island, and, mm. and most of them were for children. So there were not many adult <laughs> hip-hop classes. That would have been so funny. Yeah, so I'm like, wait. It would have been know. just like you were back in Peru, right? The tallest girl in class. Yeah. So I'm like, no, we need something. And maybe... You know, maybe we could get passionate dancers that they were looking for an opportunity or a studio where they could teach. Yeah. So, but you're I, right. It blew my mind. You, you oh, go, yeah. you go all in. <laughs> you go all in. And I say all that because I feel like watching you go on this journey for me has mm. been very instructive and it's been very eye opening um, because I, I feel like for me, I have a very high capacity uh, to tolerate. Uh, things that maybe I don't agree with. Wow. Things zero. <laughs> things that I'm not like super on board with. You know, like I've routinely worked with people I don't trust, people that, you know, like I don't necessarily get along with. And eventually we come to some type of working relationship, uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and even seeing uh, some of our friends, like, you know, encounter the Bible Project, encounter Bima, and see the transformation that's happened in their own life. Uh, it really made me realize that, you know, it it's not just me. Mm-hmm. I'm just not here. It's, there's nothing wrong with me. If I'm frustrated, if I am uh, fed up, or if I'm discontent, it's not just because there's a problem with me. Um, and I should be speaking up more, and we should be having community around these things, around seeing the Bible maybe a little bit different than our traditions have taught us, of experiencing uh, a bigger God than maybe we've uh, learned to encounter mm-hmm. before. So that's kind of where I feel like we are at this point in the journey, where it's like, you know, we've learned a lot. We've uh, we've learned to ask better questions. Mm-hmm. We have increased our vulnerability, right? Oh, you're looking at me for a recap. Yes. <laughs> 
It's yes. like, why are you looking so intensely I was, with, like, your eyes are sparkling a little bit? Okay, so You yeah. know how some marriages, people can, like, they can speak telepathically? Not us. <laughs> we we're always, like, what? What we do you mean? <laughs> we always why are you tapping my leg while we're in a double date? <laughs> oh, man. Because sometimes the stuff that comes out of this woman's mouth, you're like, oh, my God. Did you just say that to them, to their face? She's like, what? Okay, so, yeah, so season one was um, basically learning how to listen to and staying curious in our relationship. So we yep. did go through, asked for the questions, yep. and we went to a point of view. So those two were, like, the major series that I can remember. Uh, summer, with increasing our vulnerability, basically was, we began with the five dysfunctions of a team, and we dove very deep into their lead, which was in the topic of vulnerability with Brene Brown, which I know I'm, I'm writing an affirmation. I am excited to have Brene Brown at Life to the Full podcast. Yes. And it's going to be such a fun episode because we're going to go to Texas. Breathe. Ah! <laughs> Breathe, Patricia. <laughs> Are you trying to sound like Mark? Totally. I'm gonna tag him with this. I, I somehow, whenever I try and do a Southern accent, I sound like the Sheriff of Nottingham from uh, the uh, old Disney Robin Hood cartoons where they're all animals. Are you saying he has a Southern uh, accent? Yeah, but I just did like a different type of because you know not all the the Southern is Southern. You know, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in Virginia. Right. He's kind of got the Matthew McConaughey kind of accent. Oh, oh, right. You oh. know, you ask Mark England uh, how to go someplace. He says, "All right, all right, all right." That's the way he gives directions. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. Okay, my apology, Mark. Okay, um, so, and then the fall, that was, that was a, a great transition. We're facing the responsibility we needed to pick pick up from heaven and earth, which led to the discussion and series about um, looking at hell differently or rediscovering hell. Mm-hmm. Is that... I believe that's what you named it, right into entering into life, which was, which is a great transition to now on embracing our journey. And we've talked a lot and gone back and forth, like you said. And um, one of the things I learned during that process, well, we've been talking about it since last episode, but yesterday, what I learned, which I was like, whoa, maybe I need to do more of this. It's, uh, I was like giving you some suggestions about like how we need to role model. Maybe we could speak from our own experience and all this. And then, unintentionally, I got busy with something else. I don't even remember. It might have been something on Instagram. It might have been a text. However, the point being, I was quiet for about <laughs> 10 minutes, which is a lot for a patty. And then you said, I got it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> like, it threw me off. Mm. And then you basically said the direction that we're going to take into now. And I was like, <laughs> I need to shut up and let this man think because. That's right. Oh my goodness, yes, that is exactly what my heart was saying, but my mouth was running way too fast to catch on. It's like the story of the woman whose uh, husband had an anger problem. I don't know the story. And she was very concerned because he'd come home from work and he'd be like, just like complaining about his job, about the family, he's Mm. just all upset and just 
you know, it just it, his anger and his temper just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Huh. So the doctor prescribed this remedy. He's like, okay, okay, this is what you're going to do. Whenever he comes home and he starts, like, he starts losing his temper, he starts complaining, what you're going to do is you're going to take some water and you're going to drink it and you're going to kind of, like, just swish it around in your mouth until he's done talking. And so that's what she did. She did that for, like, about a month. And miraculously, somehow... Her husband's anger problem got better. And she went to the doctor again, like, so happy. She's like, I don't understand what you did. I don't understand how me drinking water and swishing around my mouth, like, helped, like, my husband's temper. But somehow it, it's helped. And he goes, the doctor, and she's like, how, how did that happen? How did, how did you do that? And he's like, well, the water in itself does nothing, but it does keep your mouth closed. <laughs> I thought you were going to go to the TikTok advice. I think that's what it was. So I think the moral of the story is sometimes just shut up. Wow. Because, you know, and that, that that's not a knock on women. That's not a knock on anything in life. But I think sometimes uh, the moral of the story, or we should learn from there, it's like funny and people go, ha, 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 is that sometimes we just need to shut up. Sometimes yes. we feel like people's problems are so solvable. Other people's problems. Our problems, right, right, right. like, you know, like you could have Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, and they, they wouldn't be able to solve it. You know, mm. when we, that's the way we think about our own problems. Yeah. But when we look at other people's problems, like, I could solve that in an afternoon. Mm. I know exactly what to do. Mm. But in reality, you know nothing. Right. And sometimes the best thing you can do is kind of just shut up and listen. And then let people work out through their own story. Yeah. So... Kind of a long explanation, but the kind of where I want to go, at least for the beginning part of uh, embracing the journey, is getting our Bibles back. Mm. Because I feel like for many people, when they get to this point in the journey, when they've, when they've kind of gone through everything that you just laid out that we've been through, um, a lot of people leave at that point. Like, you know, they just say, forget the whole thing. You know, forget the Bible. Forget God, forget church, I'm done. This is way too hard, this is way too complicated. Uh, I think in my own life, in my own story, I've been there where, I, where I've been like, why am I even doing this? Well, why, do I, why am I here, you know? And I think you have a choice at that point. And the choice always boils down to a journey. A journey of a destination, where you're going. And I think there is a way to get your Bible back from whatever it was that was keeping you from really seeing it in the first place. Yeah, when you said that, get your Bible back. Yeah. <laughs> Those other hermeneutics don't know how to act. Yeah. <laughs> no, but when you said it in the car, I was, I said... Well, you said, you, just, you know, I just need a little minute. You know, like, it was really cute. However, um, one of the things, as I hear you say that now here in our office in front of the mic, and what I would like to share, and I believe I mentioned this to you, is that the first message I've ever heard you preach or share in a Bible talk was on the book of Noah. Jonah. <clears throat> I always say that. There is no book of Noah. I know. That we know of. I I often say that. Do you that. know something that we don't know? No. No. I would love a book of Noah. No. 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 I don't know why. 
often say that. The book of Jonah. And you know what I, you do and I started realizing that more and more about you is that you, the way you spoke, with the way you speak about the Bible makes me run to my Bible. I just, I want to open it. I want to read it. You know, I want to like dive in. I want to discover. That's what, one of your gifts. Are you running? Because you're like, this idiot can't be telling the truth. Well, you always <laughs> leave, um, it's, 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 it's a thing that Tim also does, you know? I don't know. And I'm like, to me, it's like, what do you mean you don't know? You gotta know. It's yes or no. It's black and white, you know? Like, this is my character. Oh, it drives you crazy. And I'm like, well, some people think this. Oh, my goodness. And then there are other people who totally disagree with that. Oh, my goodness. That will drive me insane. And there's this group over here that kind of have taken parts of that and parts of that. And kind of, like, so we don't right. really know. In my head, it's like, they're all wrong. This is right. That's wrong. And that's the, that's been my, my head, you know? Right. But when you will share, you will... Um, it will add curiosity to my heart, you know, want to go back. And so there's only a few people that can do that. Like, I, I love John Bean. Shout out to our friend John Bean. When, when John preaches too, I, I want to, like, go open my, I want to go read. I want to mm. go sit by, by the lamp <laughs> with my essential oils and read, like, read into the story not read into a passage to make things practical you know and so you have that gift to of allow me to go, go back in there and like flip through the pages not a verse or a chapter mm, no a few chapters in a book if possible like i want to go and research so i believe that's one of your gifts and when you said that i'm like you're the man you're the man to to teach us that because you know part of the argument was you know i was like stop talk let's stop talking about how usually our church sees the scripture like enough of that i want to talk about how we used to see it i want to talk about how we're going to see it yeah that's um that's where i got really excited about this next part and Mm -hmm. like going on into the future after our year Mm -hmm. um because, you know, something, uh, I was listening to Jordan Peterson's biblical series. Okay. And he said something. I don't even remember why he brought this up. It might have been in response to a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he basically brought up the idea of how pointless it is to argue some of these things with people. Mm. Like, so if you're in a situation, if you're in a church, if you're in a community uh, that has a you know, a, a wrong or a skewed or not a distorted, distorted view of, of, of the scriptures. Oh, distorted. I, I keep saying that wrong. Okay. No, I think you said it right. No. Oh, what'd you say? <laughs> distorted. Disordered, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. A distorted view of the scriptures and, you know, the overarching story of the Bible. Um, you know, going into that guns blazing, like, I'm going to convince you, we're going to have mm-hmm. the talk. And like, you know, like, we're going to either part forever or you're going to come see things my way mm-hmm. is just kind of trading uh you know one one set one way of being an idiot for another mm. you know it's Guilty it's not charge. it's not adding to it's not adding anything valuable and what he said which I, you know I'm not doing it um as eloquently as he he would he's he's amazing you guys should all go check out his his biblical uh, series um is that you just kind of have to present them with an alternative. You have to show them something better. Okay. 
Okay. It's not yeah. good enough to just kind of like tear stuff down. Yes. For the sake of tearing stuff down. Because it's so easy. There's no benefit to that. Yeah. Editing is easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy to go in and say all the things you don't like, all the things you don't agree with. Yeah. Um, Which but, we have been guilty. Oh, in absolutely. This podcast. And I think it's I think it's natural. And I think it's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to silence any of those voices. Um, but what I'm saying, and kind of what I'm, I'm calling us all to, I'm calling myself there too, is that in that, in your frustration, mm-hmm. in your, you know, what you see and, and what you feel and what you think differently, but w- what do you agree with? What do you want to create? Mm-hmm. And this is where I, I kind of feel like it's a very, it's a very, very valuable point in a conversation to start really looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. Now... You can think of the Bible as one huge overarching narrative or story. Okay. Right? From the first page of Genesis to the last page of Revelation. Right? And a whole bunch of other stuff in between. So there's one big story. Mm-hmm. And along the way, there are all these little stories that they have all, they kind of branch off. They have these subplots, they have their own concerns, they have their own stories own heroes, own villains, own things going on that kind of all link up into this big, epic, grand narrative, right? Mm -hmm. I think life is kind of the same way. We're all part of this story together, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think the Bible necessarily (laughs) ever had an end, you know? You know what the word canonization means? No. So canonization is kind of like where you say, okay, these books are authoritative and these books are not. Oh, right, 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 right. Right. Mm-hmm. So one of the problems... I've asked you that word like so many times <laughs> when I'm reading anti right? Yeah. What does this mean again? Along the lines, like even like when the Jews were, you know, developing their own scriptures, they eventually canonized what would become the Hebrew Bible mm-hmm. or the Christian Old Testament. Uh, but because when once they did that, there were other books that were floating around the air that were there mm-hmm. that were kind of like, because they weren't canonized... Um, they hadn't really been passed down through history. Mm-hmm. So there's a long history, long tradition of like, you know, Christian scholars just ignoring this vast body of Jewish work and literature mm-hmm. of them thinking and commentating on the scriptures throughout the ages that could have actually been very, very useful, mm. you know, and even learning how to wade into it now, it's very overwhelming. Like uh, Marty Solomon from Bema, he talks about it. He he kind of cautions everybody to go into it because he feels like once you go through Bema once, that's all you want to do is dive deeper into like the Jewish texts and the, the Jewish uh, commentaries on all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, man, he's like, I've been at this for 10 years and I feel like I'm just at a point where I'm comfortable dealing with all the texts. <laughs> nice. You know, and a lot of the rabbis with a capital R you know, they spend their whole lives. What do you mean with the capital R? So you have like a little rabbi and then you have like a big rabbi. That would be like you can think about someone who's been to uh, just Bible college and got their bachelor's degree versus okay. someone who has a PhD. Okay. Right? Someone who's, whose life is immersed in being a rabbi versus someone who's just, you know, just studied some mm-hmm. stuff and has some skills. Honey, congratulations. You want to tell them that you got accepted to seminary? I got accepted to Clown clown College, everybody. <laughs> I am going to be a card-carrying scholar. <laughs> I am... I am... 
still embracing my entrepreneurial side and my investor side, my investor spirit, but I'm also going to be getting a PhD. Yeah. Even though I hear uh, Robert Kiyosaki in my head saying, PhD stands for poor, public. helpless, and desperate. I thought it was public high school diploma. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been using from school, America. School is a scam. Don't go. <laughs> Build something. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's our dream. Dr. Yeah. Zito. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I do think there's a role for scholarship. I think he would agree, too. Like, you know, he obviously wants to go see a doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he wants to be able to go and like have special, have people be able to build houses and architects yeah. and all these things. You need you need uh, these things, but it's just yeah, of course. it's not for everyone. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, totally. I just got excited about something. You were talking about scholars, big re- the big R. And the yeah, R. yeah, yeah. So there's this idea that the Bible is done and finished, mm. and now it gets to sit on a shelf. Right, right, right. Um, it's okay. People yes. throw around words like inerrancy. What is that? Um, it, there's no flaws. It's perfect. Oh, I see, I see. This is from God. Um, nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, this is correct. Because it says it right there, Jimmy. That's why I think that. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it absolutely doesn't. No. Um, but anyway, not to go, not to get sidetracked, just the idea that well, what about if the Bible isn't God's final act? Mm-hmm. What about if God is still moving in history? Yeah. What about, what if the Bible doesn't even contain all of human history? It creates a pattern. It's, there's this idea that the most long-lasting pieces of literature that we've inherited it, it's like um it's like a legacy from deep time okay. you know because you think about human history you know you go back a thousand years two thousand years that's the time of jesus you go back three to five thousand years that's the you know that's the context that the bible is talking about even though like the bible itself is probably written, you know, the Hebrew Bible in a sense, probably came together more about 500 years, 300 years before Jesus. But then you go deeper, right? You go back 5,000 years ago. You go back 10,000 years ago, the birth of agriculture, the birth of written language, you know, where some people think written language just came out of civilization. And the fact that when you have a civilization, you start collecting a lot of stuff and you need people to keep track of that stuff. So people started with numbers. One, two, three. Got to make sure I have all my stuff, right? If you give me some of your stuff in exchange for my stuff, we have to know that, you know, everything is even. Even Stevens. <laughs> but there's this whole deep epoch of time that with some of it, all we know about it is what people painted on walls. Mm-hmm. We know from the tools they created. Mm-hmm. We know from some of the art they left behind, like figurines. Mm-hmm. There's no voice. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what what they meant by creating those things. We don't know what they thought about themselves. Mm. But these stories, they don't just come out of thin air. They're deep part of our unconscious mind. So I don't know how accurate this statement is, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Okay. So Sigmund Freud. Okay. What do you know about him? Uh, the id, the ego, and the super ego. Yeah, he did. He like this. I think he was kind of credited with discovering the unconscious, right? Mind. Yeah. Or being one of the first people to be really aware of it. Yeah. So he would think, in terms of the unconscious mind, I'm gonna do a horrible job of this, as being the place where uh, that's where a lot of 
pathologies come from, a lot of diseases in, in people's emotions or being or minds because of things that were repressed, okay. things that we put there. Mm-hmm. So we had a student whose name was Young, Carl mm-hmm. Young, and Carl kind of disagreed with him in the sense that he was like, no, 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 no. These vast spaces, this unconscious realm that's way, way bigger than the conscious realm isn't empty. It's it's populated with things that you've inherited from several hundreds of thousands of years of human evolution. Going back to even from when before we were human. This is kind of a long explanation. But I'm saying that, that I want to imagine us going on a journey with our Bibles. Okay. That we're going into a place that's already populated. Okay. There are wonders out there waiting for us to discover. Mm. And they come from this treasure that we've inherited from the ages. The Hebrew Bible is a treasure mm-hmm. uh, because it's it's the past talking into the future. It's giving us a message. I think even if you're not religious, even if you don't believe in God, you need to take these stories seriously because these stories were preserved for a reason. Mm-hmm. And whether you've read them or you've rejected them, those things still are inside of you by virtue of the fact that you're a human, you're a person, and you have this, you know, this vast amount of evolutionary history behind you. These things speak into the human heart. So why am I bringing all this up? I'm bringing this up because I think we've been handed a Bible that is perceived to be complete and done and accurate, like the missing manual to the human condition, yeah. the basic instructions before leaving Earth. Yeah. And we I ain't think, going anywhere. What was that? I said we ain't going anywhere. We ain't going anywhere? Before leaving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very good, very good, very good. Sorry. You were too clever. Um, That's my problem. <laughs> I've been told. Yeah, you like tell Keep a joke. Keep it simple, Patty. Speak like you're speaking to fifth graders. And you're like all like giggling in the corner and we're all like, wait, what? I need to draw a picture. And after we draw it out and we discuss it, we're like, oh, that's really funny. I know. Two hours you're after like, it. <laughs> in the corner. I'm sorry. I had to keep going. Uh, so we've been handed this thing. Yeah. And then when we try and live it, like it's a, a manual or instructions, it can leave you feeling defeated. Mm-hmm. It can lead you feeling like there's this burden on your shoulders. Yeah. It can leave you feeling that like you're either a failure or this thing just is not true. Mm. But the Bible was never meant to act like that. It was never meant to act like this thing that was going to tell you how to live the perfect life mm-hmm. or to live any life. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's a story. It acts like a story. It's propelling itself forward. Right. So, in getting our Bibles back, mm-hmm. I want us to start thinking about the Bible as a mysterious country or a lost continent that we're going to get to explore. Nice. Right? We're going to get to go into. And... I think as anyone who does a lot of traveling, I know we've done our our fair share of traveling, going to places changes you. 
It does. You know, you could learn it's about a different perspective of life. So, two three years ago, I feel like at this point, I got to take my mom to Ireland. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I come from a family of Irish immigrants. Mm-hmm. I guess I am third. No, fourth generation. Fourth or third generation. Um, And, you know, like a nerd, I researched the top places to go. I researched uh, how to navigate. Um, I think I bought like two or three books that I I brought with me. And you already had some. Yeah. I had a plan to take my poor (laughs) seven-year-old mother and a big whirlwind trip around Ireland. We were going to take like a week, a week and a half or something like that. Um. But I wasn't prepared for Ireland changing me. Wow. Just by the virtue of Ireland. Like, this is where my my people are from. Or at least half of my people. I right? would say 70. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I remember being on, I, I want to call them the Cliffs of Moher. I think that's what they're called. There's these beautiful windswept cliffs about out in the Atlantic Ocean. Right, it's it's near where I think they filmed uh, the scene for the Last Jedi, with Luke Skywalker. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you told me. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I had an emotional experience. Now I can't tell you what I was I, I can do with that emotional experience. Did it leave me better? I think so. Did Did it leave me more connected to something that I didn't even know that I had lost connection to? Definitely. Um. You know, and I felt something. Mm-hmm. I felt something that, that changed me. Mm-hmm. It changed me in ways that I can't necessarily explain. I can't necessarily express. I'm better for that trip. So, you know, I tell anybody, if they're thinking about taking a trip, I'm, I'm the king of excuses. Oh, I can't do that this year. I can't do that. You know, like I've kind of learned to like trust what God has put on your heart as my wife. You know, like... I'm like booking the flight. You're like booking Although stuff. Although I'm terrible at booking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, we we had to go to Vancouver, Washington, and we almost ended up in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, I think I kicked you out of the plane tickets at that point. Yeah, I no, and also the uh, what was it? The cruise. Remember? Oh, we lost money because I booked it on the wrong date. You did, yes. You yeah. just you just went for it. A big picture, no, no, yeah. story, no attention to details. You married a nerd to deal with all those details for you, right? <laughs> No, but I can relate, honey. It's the same way I felt when I went to Vancouver, actually, in the ocean, the Pacific Ocean, when I touched it for the first time. It's the first time you had touched it in... In in North America. Yeah. And I knew there was a connection to the waters in Lima. Yeah. And, yeah. And Arizona, that whole feeling. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, like Patty, you know, being a Peruvian native, you know, having a lot of Native American DNA in her. I am the Americas. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's like, you know, how many, you know, thousands of years ago did people who you're connected to pass down that West Coast? Yeah. In Malibu. Oh, and, that was a connection. It's really incredible. Yeah. And you think there wouldn't be a connection there, but, but there is. Yes. And even experiencing other cultures, you know, I think, you know, we talked about this, I believe, last week that a lot of times we can feel like our church is diverse because we have some Asians and, you know, blacks and latinos and like you know white people yeah. you know but that's but yet if we all act the same we all think the same, same we all lingo. we all right. speak the same shorthand right, right or slang is that really diversity right, right. or if you you know the uh the current climate on universities where it's like certain subjects are taboo you can't mm. talk about certain things you can't use certain language 
in a university, and a university is supposed to be a place uh, where discovery. you know discovery, diversity of opinion, diversity of thought. Yeah, you know where you should be able to free to disagree and right. learn about new cultures and, and new people. You know, so yes, that's that's what I want to do for us or start doing for us. Is like I know you might be frustrated, I know you might be tired, but I want to encourage you that there is a way of getting into your Bible. There's a way of getting into your own spirituality uh, that is rich, Mm -hmm. it's rewarding, it's not burdensome. Mm -hmm. It's not burdensome, it's not controlling. Um, I think a lot of... have an agenda. A lot of the great religions in the world have Mm -hmm. kind of like not even touched this because they can't do anything with it. They can't use this to now tell people what to do. You can't use it to control anybody, right? So it... It's almost seen as like valueless <laughs> or it's like kind of like an afterthought. Like, you know, yeah. we, we got to get our lives straight, especially in a tradition that we're a part of. Yeah. And then maybe you'll experience some of that other stuff. Yeah. So welcome to 2021, the year you get your Bible back. So there's this idea, the Bible in itself, whether it's historically true or not, is showing us a pattern that's been repeating mm-hmm. since there were people, Yeah. since maybe even there were before, before there were people and there was something else. Something else. And the Bible in the snapshot from the first pages of Genesis to the last pages of Revelation showed this pattern. Mm-hmm. It's... It's actually projecting out into the future. Mm -hmm. This pattern will happen again. And there's an ultimate destiny of where all this is going. Right? The uh, restoration of all things. Hmm. Even though sometimes it's like, what does that even mean? You know? Eternal life. Heaven coming here. God living with us. And there's a story that we're a part of. And it's a personal story. So at this point... uh, whether you're frustrated or whether you're excited, whether you're looking bitter. looking forward to this or you're bitter, whether you've left your community or you're still with your community, uh, wherever you are, you know, it's time to begin. Mm-hmm. It's time to begin again and kind of put everything to a side that we think we know, put everything aside of, of where we think we're going, and let's see this as a journey that we get to be a part of. Where do I fit in this story? And one of the exercises we did in a class that we did a, a few months ago, I think at this point now, um, where we kind of, we learned to read our Bibles again. We learned to go on a journey into the Bible mm-hmm. as if we've never, you know, experienced it before through the book of Jonah, which kind of downloaded, whoever wrote Jonah kind of had the whole Bible downloaded in his brain. Right, And we tend to dismiss Jonah, or dismiss is a harsh word, we tend to look at the book of Jonah as a moral tale. Don't run away from God. Mm-hmm. You know, if God's trying to tell you to do something, back to the do-do-do's, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're listening. You don't want to end up fighting God, right? And we, we fail to miss some of the deeper significance of that story, of what the deeper significance was for the original audience, the Jews. And what that deeper significance is should be for us. So I wanted to start with an exercise. Okay. That I hope everyone can kind of do on their own. Okay. 
Cool. Um, did, you ever, did you ever read the book Starship Troopers? No. <laughs> it's actually not that bad of a movie. Okay. It's like from like I think the 90s. Okay. It's, it's a little weird, but I, I, I like the movie. Um, but the book is incredible. There's a book that the movie was based I'm on. Sure That's you read the book. Amazing. Yeah. It's nothing like the movie, but there's this one line uh, where the main character is in basic training. And he's trying to figure out some of the big questions of his life. And he sought out times of solitude. Mm. And he has this line that's always kind of resonated with me. He's like, every now and then, a man just needs to get out there alone and take out his soul and look at it. Mm. And I think that's when we're at this point where we're ready to go look for look into a journey. Ready to embark on a journey uh, from wherever we're coming from. It's time to stop and look at ourselves. And one way that I found very helpful to do this is to create a timeline of your life. You know, kind of sit down. Some people will think this exercise is pointless. They don't want to do it. It brings up too much stuff. Fine. (laughs) You don't have to do any arts and crafts projects. But what you, I do want you to encourage you to do is kind of just sit back and just look at yourself. Look at where you are, how you got here, right? When you're lost, when you're out there in the wilderness all by yourself and you're lost, if you ever had that experience. You had that, right? I totally had that experience. With little Nala. With my, my little doggy, who's no longer with us, uh, is that, you know, the first step to getting unlost is to figure out where you are. Yeah. So if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling frustrated, how do you get here? Understanding that if you grew up, if you were born in India, right, uh, you probably wouldn't be a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. If you were born in China, you probably wouldn't have been a Christian, mm-hmm. right? These things aren't just a given. They aren't just a fact. How did you get here? Right. And how how you got here, where you are, will help you understand where you're going. Yeah. And do you like that destination where you're going? Or do you, is it time to course correct? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? So I think this. if you wanted to write it out on a piece of paper... You know, I could potentially share mine uh, that I did uh, for the class. Um, some some of the students, I wouldn't even really call them students. That, that sounds too classish. Our friends. Some of our participants. Okay. Our or, or friends are better. Participants <laughs> are much better, right, than students. Some of the, our friends who did this class with us, went on this journey with us, uh, some of them did it, and I felt like it was really powerful uh, for many of them that did it. Yeah. But even if you can't get yourself to, like, write it down, it just feels like too much. You know, don't get bogged down in dates. Don't get bogged down in feeling that you have to have everything correct. Uh, you know, this is your story. Mm. And as we've learned, or I hope we've learned going on this journey together, is that the point of a story is not to be uh, accurate necessarily. Stories have their own truth, mm. whether or not they're actually literally true. Yeah. Right? Um, did Moses actually walk through the Red Sea? Or is it? Is there some type of deep truth there that's more true than whether or not it actually happened? Right. Am I going to get into that debate of whether or not it happened? No, because I don't care. Right. For me, that story is powerful regardless of what happened because that's not what the story is really about. The right. story is speaking a truth into existence that's deeper than literal historical camcorder or cell phone footage <laughs> of like, guys, you're not going to believe what Moses just did. You know? There's a deeper story there than just recording facts. Mm. This isn't about facts. Mm -hmm. When you put all the facts together, 
and there, there's some type of meaning or there's some type of narrative, yeah. then you have a story. Mm. So what's your story? Mm. Right? And we kind of did a little bit of this when we talked about POV. We looked at the big story of the church, history of the church, history of the Bible, mm-hmm. right? So now let's zero in and like, w- what about me? Where did I come from? Good. What was my childhood like? What were my parents like? Mm-hmm. What did I enjoy about being a child? What, did, what I, did I not enjoy? What are some of those memories that burn into me mm-hmm. that like, you know, like some of them are just odd. Some of the things that you end up remembering over the years, it's just like, why do I remember that? Why do I replay that in my brain? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, there's an excellent book uh, Stephen King wrote not a huge fan of of his novels although I've been told I need to give him a second chance Um, he wrote a memoir on writing and the craft which I think it's I can't remember the name of the book right now Stephen King I think it was a memoir on writing and the first time I read through the book because I've read through this book several times because it's helped my writing incredibly there's a big chunk in the beginning where it's just like flashes of of Stephen King kind of like recounting the formative memories of his life. Because wow. one of the things he's always said um, over the years, he said, you know, th- throughout the years, people have asked him, where do you come up with this stuff? How do you, how do you make this stuff up? And he's kind of just like, I don't know. And the best he can kind of do is kind of give you those flashes of those memories of times he got injured as a kid. Things of his mom, things of his his family, things that happened to him growing up. And all together, these little flashes kind of make Stephen King, right? Yeah. Like, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, when 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 uh, parents, especially nowadays, when their kids do like really weird things, <laughs> they can get all real bent out of shape and be like, oh, what's wrong with my kid? And I'm going to have to take him to uh, see, a, see a psychiatrist okay. or, you know, something. I think it was um, Spielberg or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was a kid, he did something like really disturbing to he, like take off the Barbie doll's head. Yeah, and yeah. Put ketchup in a pot uh-huh. and slamming it across the door. <laughs> I mean, the wall. And the mom, the mom gave him a chance. Yeah. The mom said nothing. Yep. Embraced him. Embrace the weird. Mm-hmm. And Embrace I, the weird. Ooh, hashtag. Yeah, and I think that's how you get creative people. You know, mm-hmm. that's how you get these people who go out to the world. And they create something. Yes. They do something. I had an astronomy teacher who, uh, you know, in his humility, he would talk about how, you know, people like Albert Einstein, they're really not that big of a deal. And we're all like, what? Like, you know, we're in astronomy <laughs> class in high school. This was an elective mm-hmm. that we had to wake up for seven o'clock in the morning to go wow, to. That's early. Yeah. So right. we're, we're nerds at this point. Like, you know, this is before school. We don't have to be here. We can't even get a bacon, egg, and cheese from the school cafeteria because it's not even open yet. So we're a bunch of nerds, right? <laughs> and you say you throw down something like that, like Albert Einstein isn't a big deal, mm-hmm. and we get all concerned. Mm. But then he elaborated. Mm. He's like, things like the theory of relativity or the things that Einstein discovered are like things that are like hidden in a room that someone someday is bound to discover. Yeah. If it wasn't Einstein, it would have been something else. Mm. Yeah. He's like, but someone like a Picasso... Someone like a Rembrandt, someone like a Leonardo da Vinci, they're actually creating things in the world that if it wasn't for them, we never would have had that. Right. We would have we never would have had that thing that they created. Right. So whatever it is, those memories that stand out to you, 
it doesn't need to be like you need you don't need to know like what grade that was or what year or what address you lived out. This isn't a background check. Okay. <laughs> this is this not is, a YMCA. You're, you're not getting hired for the YMCA of Greater New York where we need to know every single address <laughs> for the past twenty two years. The past twenty two years, regardless of if you lived abroad in several different countries where they do addresses different than we do in America, <laughs> right? The United States of America. Sorry. Uh you know, it's doesn't need to be that. We're just looking for the things that stand out. The big things. Yeah. The things that you just really just can't forget. Yeah. Maybe they weren't even real. Some of the things I can't shake are things that I... They were dreams mm. that I had as a kid. As a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are things in my own history that I'm not even sure if they're true. But they mean something to me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So the stuff like that would go into my timeline. And just think about it like, you know, who you are now... As before God, you know, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. How did you get into the church that you're in? Were you born into it? Mm-hmm. You know, did someone find you? Did someone bring you in? Uh, yeah, how did you get here? How did you get into this career that you're in? How did you get into this school that you're in? How did you get into this community that you're a part of? How did you get to be who you are? Yeah, I will add uh, caution in believing that you need hours to do this exercise. Mm-hmm. When we walk in saying this is going to take a long time, uh, what what we're doing to ourselves is that we're giving ourselves space to confuse ourselves and to overthink. Yep. And so in order to avoid this, uh, a good exercise is to... Set a timer, and I know I've gotten many pushbacks about this 15-minute timer or 5-minute timer. Uh, set it up and allow you allow yourself to write what, what comes to mind and not edit yourself. Be free, be open, um, and write it down. Grab that magic wand that is called your pen or your pencil, your mm-hmm. marker, with a piece of paper and write things down. Yeah. Whatever comes to mind first. Whatever time frame, don't worry about it. Just list things down yep. and then put it in a timeline. You know, put it from, from left to right as they come. Yeah. So it is absolutely a lie to think that you need all this time to do that and then we miss out and we don't we don't do it and we avoid exercises that allow us to reflect and to meditate. Yeah, and also I would caution this doesn't have to mean anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to ascribe meaning to it. Mm-hmm. We're not creating this timeline to find out uh, you know when you got saved. You know, as you know, sometimes it's used as an evangelistic tool. We're not looking for uh, before and after. Before and after, we're not looking for any meaning. We just we just want to know. We want to we want to see the the plot. Hmm, we want to see the story, mm-hmm. and to see the story, we gotta we gotta see like okay, what are the scenes? Mm-hmm. What are the scenes here? If if there was gonna be a movie made about your life, what are the major scenes? That's a good. That's you a good know. One. And you know, some I know some of our listeners, you know, a little older, they might have many, many, many more scenes, mm-hmm. and some of those who are younger may have much less. Yeah. You know, and just kind of just what what are what are the, what are the things? Let's look at it. Yeah, sit back, uh, 
um, tell yourself I am co-creator with God or whatever you want to say take a nice deep belly breath in and then out and allow your pen to lead you into yeah. those memories and if you happen to be listening to this and you, you know you took our course and you already did yours mm-hmm. I would I would encourage you to look at it again and re-examine it yeah. you know see See, are there other things that are sticking out? Yeah. You know? I'll go through the 15-minute exercise and then add to yeah. whatever came up this time. Yeah. I, you know, and so, and this, some of this stuff is fun, too. Like, I took the opportunity to do this to kind of, like, even arrange, like, different pictures that I had in different places. Make sure I had, like, you know, that one picture from, like, the year and a half I spent working at an observatory in college with, with the my whole nerd friends. You but know, you were, wearing, you were rocking a leather jacket. Well, I was like, uh, amongst nerds, I was like cool. Oh wow! Yeah, that like, makes wow, you he's so, so cool. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and around normal people, I was like, oh wow, this guy's a huge geek. Oh, wow. But you know, in, in the nerds, they're like, wow, this guy is cool. In the nerds, yeah, maybe we're nerds. Well, you are. Okay. I'm like a cool nerd. No. Yeah. No, we're nerds. It's okay. It's okay. I know you are. I still love you. <laughs> So cool. I think that's all for today. Uh, You know, just take some moment, take some time this week until our next episode drops just to really sit back and reflect. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're going to use that just to be like, well, where are we? Mm -hmm. And knowing where we are, we're going to go into our Bibles and we're going to learn how to go on a journey with our Bibles. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think one of the first things you need to do when doing this is to seek out mentors. People who don't see the Bible as a, a big chunky rule book yeah. of do's and don'ts someone who has more of an experience of the bible maybe has gone on that journey as well mm-hmm. so for next week we're going to be looking at uh one of an essay that i read that's been very uh, formative to me i'm going to go through some of his points yes um that you know i kind of try and keep in the back of my mind uh when i'm you know experiencing my own life going through my own journey and uh you know learning to explore the bible like this Great, fast, beautiful, undiscovered country. Yeah, and this is where the video is going to come in handy. Yep. Because they, they'll get to walk through for the visual learners. Cool, yeah. And this is going to be great. Nice. And I'm think, I will neither confirm or deny that I'm going to start a hashtag saying embrace the weird. That was, that's going to lead to the Embrace podcast. the weird or get your Bible back. Let's do get your Bible yeah. back. Hashtag get your Bible back. Like the kids say. Really? That's like hashtag with the hashtag symbol. Oh, you mean hashtag. Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake? Hash Browns. I mean hashtag. Get your Bible back. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being with us. Yeah, in another year in life to the full. First episode of 2021 in the books. <laughs> Adios, muchachas. And telemundos. Babe. What? Is that right? Please. Okay, let's try again. And tortillas. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> Muchachos. <laughs>